0: Everybody, welcome back to Holistic Finance. My name is Ryan Burklow,
1: and I'm Alex Collins.
0: And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about five lessons or takeaways that we got from the book Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. I highly urge you all to read this book, buy this book, download this book, borrow this book—however you can get your hands on this book. I, I think it just—it was a great book from the standpoint of. Really, putting a different framework or education around how we all kind of think of money and how we've made decisions, right? It it goes from it goes every it it goes from what we learn early on in our life teaches us how how we use money, as well as later on in life, like what our viewpoint of money is. Like it it goes from A to Z. It it was a really good book, and these are five lessons or takeaways that we feel. you should pay attention to specifically in the book. Yeah, let's jump into it, right? So, first number one here is building your assets is very different than keeping your assets.
1: Yeah, the book talks about it as like building wealth versus keeping wealth. Um, we understand that for you guys, it's it's not all about wealth. It's it's really about building your practice and then having your practice continue beyond you and making it a, a bigger thing that's really, I mean, it's creating security, financial security for, for you and your family, but it's also helping the community and building something that lasts and that is, that is a, a force for good in, in your community.
0: Yeah, I mean, mean, the big difference there is when you start your practice, that's a big risk, right? The risk and the blood and the sweat and the tears, right? Everything that's there, that risk of starting your practice is huge. And eventually, you actually do a really good job and income starts coming in the door, right? Marketing gets easier. Like, it just starts getting easier. But transitioning to, okay, now that I have a practice that's finally paying me, To transitioning that to, okay, now how do I keep this practice going so that I don't have to run my feet and and back into the ground, keeping it alive?
1: Yeah. um, And this is one of those things where so many small business owners, not just naturopaths, but just small business owners in general really struggle because during the building phase, it's all about you the practice is you. It's you making it go. And the idea and concept of making yourself obsolete is so incredibly challenging because you've put so much time, so much energy, so much effort, blood, sweat, tears into your education and then building your practice that the idea of like trying to get it to the point where it can run without you, is just like, okay, why? Like, like it, it, it runs so counterintuitive to the way in which we all think.
0: Yeah, it it's just very different. And the takeaway from that is, I mean, knowing A, it's different, but B, we and we've said this before, thinking with the end in mind. At some point you do have to transition to that aspect. And this is where making sure you've got the right professionals in in, in your in your pocket to help you
1: get there is huge. Yeah, and in the beginning, we're like you said, we're taking on that risk and it's a matter of making sure that we're consistently doing the right things to build up our practice. And then once we've done that, then it's a matter of making sure that we've got all of the risk management in place, all of the the concepts about preserving what we've built, making sure that we've got the systems in place, making sure that we're we're transitioning it so that the cash flow is now going to build assets and at the same time is still maintaining and building the practice. And we're putting systems and redundancies in place so that it's not all going to come crashing down if you go on a two-week vacation. Yep. So that's number one. Number two is the
0: decisions you've made are justified. And I think this this one really hit home because, you know, as advisors, Alex, I, I think you and I will bring in the question like, OK, how did you make that decision? And it's not that we're looking down upon anyone. It's more of we're trying to understand how it came about. Right. And he had this quote in the book, which really hit me. And he said, every decision people make with money is justified by taking the information that they have at the moment and plugging it in to their unique mental model of how they think
1: the world works. Absolutely. We all have, like, put it a different way, we've got all got a lens through which we view the world, and that lens is going to like, affect how we view it. So you can have two people that are both super intelligent go through the exact same circumstances, but they react dramatically different to it because of the lens through which they look at it. It might be their upbringing, it might be their parents, it might be how they were taught or classes they took, like all of these things, every single different decision that we make around money is going to affect how we look at things in the future. Um, and the, it, all of our decisions are justified given the information that we have. And like one of the things that like you and I work hard to do is to help provide more information and better lenses through which to look at money and how to think about it and understand it and and be better stewards so that like we can help you increase what you're able to keep how you're able to go ahead and build your cash flow how you're able to build your practice and really live helping you live the life that you want to live yeah
0: and and the key Thing here is, as Alex was just saying, it's you have to be open. You have to search for different mental models, different right, different things that are out there that you haven't had the privilege or the the know how to get to. And this is exactly why having I keep going back to it, but this is why having professionals in your life that are coordinated with one another is huge because they're the people that bring in that experience and knowledge that you may have not experienced or
1: had well and no one professional not even Brian and myself have cornered the market on all of the good ideas absolutely <laughs> like we have our own limitations and like one of our one of our jobs is to a identify those those limitations and make sure that we're talking with our clients about them and helping make sure that when we bump into any of those limitations that we're going out and finding an expert to bring into the conversation so that you get expert advice on what you're trying to accomplish.
0: Yep. So let's go to number three here, Alex. So leave room for air. And he he had a great quote in this book. It's, he said the the most important part of every plan is planning on your plan,
1: not going according to plan. Well, it reminds me of the old uh, Mike Tyson quote. Everyone yeah. has a plan until they get punched in the face. And it's, like we know, like if you're doing a remodel or a renovation, like leave room for finding something behind the walls that you're not expecting or something not going right or delays in materials arriving or what a like cost overruns for whatever reason. The yeah, same I mean, concept here.
0: Building your practice. How many, how many naturopathic doctors started their practice in the year 2020? Right. Did you plan on 2020 and the pandemic occurring? How many experienced naturopathic doctors listening to us right now ever imagined that occurring and how did they plan for it? Right. This is, this is what we talk about leave room for air. And I think oftentimes when people hear leave room for air, they think, okay, I just need like a basic emergency fund. It's not just the basic emergency fund. Right. Because you can't plan for the unknown. Like we don't know what's going to happen. Like, did we know that Russia was going to invade Ukraine last year? Yeah. No. Right. Like there's so many things we can go on. So having a ton more room for error in the planning and savings, a ton more room for that allows for a ton of flexibility. And frankly, that will really push peace of mind when you have that. And I think there's a lot of people in our industry, Alex, that. They focus so much on, well, having too much money sitting in savings, you know, you're losing return and because of inflation and they go through this like magical formula about it and like the math is accurate. It's not that their math is
1: wrong, but
0: that math doesn't take into account
1: real life. Yeah, it doesn't take into account that we don't know what the future is going to hold. It doesn't take in like you can't spreadsheet it and planning down to the penny, you drive yourself crazy. So it's, it's so much a matter of like leaving little room for error in a bunch of different aspects. So, okay, if we've got a little bit of room for error in our expenses, if we've got a little bit of room for error in our income, if we've got an emergency reserve that helps you know make sure that we've got the ability to cover errors when they occur or unexpected expenses when they pop up or whatever the case may be, now we've got a little bit of redundancy in multiple different places. And that winds up providing a tremendous amount of security because now whatever winds up not going to plan what we've somewhat planned for it, not going to plan. And that allows to course correct significantly easier than if we've planned down to the penny, because if it doesn't work out, we're in trouble. And like one of the, one of the best examples that I can think of is actually uh, something that, that somebody once talked to me about in terms of like relationships. And that is like, if you go and hold hands with your spouse, like, okay, you reach your arm out and you grab their hand, right? But in times that are trying, you almost need to go wrap your arm around their opposite shoulder because then if they can't reach out, you're still there Providing the support as opposed to, well, I reached my hand out, you didn't grab it. Yeah, and and it's it's a silly comparison, but at the same time, it it shows the visual that visual of
0: being there, right? That rock for them, like that is huge. That's I've never heard that, Alex. That's awesome, Alex. I mean, that was amazing. I never give you enough compliments.
1: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it.
0: So number four. Um, and this is maybe a question that's really hard to truly answer, but I think the concept and understanding that is really where the the takeaway is. And and what I'm getting at here is the answer to the question of what's enough. This is something that people struggle with a ton. Well, I I struggle with it, right? Like you and I have. <laughs> I mean. It, <laughs> You and I go through, especially in the business side of stuff, we, we both want a, a lot for the business, which in turn is obviously a lot for for our families, but there comes a point where it's like, okay, I need to spend more time with my daughter who's turning 15 next week, who will not be in my house very much longer. Like It's hitting me hard right now, and so... What's enough? Like, what is it you really want your life to look like and be? And too often, especially as business owners, we just keep our head down and we keep grinding away because that's all we know how to do, and we enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, for the most part, we enjoy it. But it's so <laughs> difficult to take that step back and go, No, I'm actually really happy with what's going on. Like, this is actually what I want. And and that is the part, and that's the takeaway. When I read that this part in the book, I'm like, man. I really need to take that step back sometimes and really I wouldn't say check out from the business, but you know when I'm not in the business and I'm at home, like living my life and not thinking about it is huge.
1: Uh, recharge, recover, like, take time away so that when you come back to it, like, it is transformative, and you're able to like push through stuff because you were able to rest, recuperate, recharge and be, come back renewed. Um, I mean, so much of this, like I think of, of another book, um, uh, Covey start with the end in mind and like, really like we need to have, like you and I, you and I do a decent job of talking about like, okay, what are the values? What are we truly trying to accomplish? And then working towards that, that will help with what's enough. And like, the only thing we truly know about the future is it's going to change. So, like, we can go ahead and make sure that we like have an idea as to where we're going, and like, we're still in control. We're still at the wheel. We can choose to change that. So it's not saying like set it in stone and never change it. It's have some boundaries and have some limits on what and and understand what you're trying to accomplish, as opposed to like when we first started talking about this. I brought up the the story of Icarus. Uh, flying too close to the sun and, you know, falling as a result. It, it's the same concept. Understand where your limitations are and uh, don't don't push through them for the sake of pushing through them. Yep. Love that. Which takes us to our final
0: lesson here or takeaway is, and we call it the man in, in the car paradox. And the way that, um, or we don't call it that, Morgan called it that, Right. And the way that he explained it was he used to be a valet at a luxury hotel in California. And being a valet, he got to see uh, some really nice cars, Ferraris, right? The really luxurious cars pull up and he enjoyed it and they were just really, really cool. But then one day it finally hit him that he remembered the car. He never remembered the person driving the car. And how often do we buy something really for the purpose of people will think I'm cool if I own this? And the yep. fact of the matter is, is, and this is maybe some a hard pill to swallow, I mean, even me. People don't care, like they don't think about you really all that much. Like, yeah, your family does, right? Don't get me wrong there. I'm talking about people in general don't think about you as much as you think
1: they do well i mean i'm reminded of the of the story of like when you got your last car you were looking at a luxury car and your wife goes why are you looking at that that's like, that's right. not that's not you it's not who you are and you like your response was yep you know what you're right like i, I want to drive something that's nice for me that takes care of my family that makes them safe but i don't need to go get a luxury sports car because that's not who I am or what I want. It actually gets in the way and like starts invalidating some of the other things like step three of leaving room for error. Step four, when is enough enough? Like all of those different components. Um, You know, if we, if we start doing things for the sake of, Oh, well we think that we're supposed to do X because we've reached Y status or whatever. um, The good news is the, I feel like we're preaching to the choir here with naturopaths because that's not typically the, the your guys' issue. Um, so I'll actually disagree slightly. I've, I've had plenty of conversations with
0: naturopathic natu- doctors where they have purchased something, and I asked them, what did that meant to you and, and value? And it, the purchase actually really wasn't that big of a deal. Like in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things, they bought it for somebody else, not for themselves. Got it. So I think everyone walking this planet – and by the way, I'm not saying that you should never do that. Like that's – like don't walk away saying, wow, Ryan and Alex don't want you to do it. Like that's not the point. The point is is to analyze where you're spending your money and is it really what you value? Is it really for you? Right. If it's going to make you happy, go do it. Right. But as Alex said, like the car he brought up, I was looking at buying a Porsche. Like in the grand scheme of things, me having that Porsche today versus the car that I've got right now, which is a Volvo S60 sedan. Like, it, it wouldn't really matter. Like, it would have been kind of fun to maybe drive it a couple times, and it would be fun driving it. Really, it would have been like, okay, people are going to think maybe I'm cool in the grand scheme of things. Ryan Burke was never cool. So <laughs> it, w- it was not the right decision. And I'm glad my wife called me out on it. And what we're suggesting is have someone in your life to help call you
1: out on that. Which takes us yeah. to the question of the day, Alex. Our question today is which one of these five lessons gave you pause, made you think, caused you to examine yourself um, and, and think about things a little bit differently? And that's, that's what you and I are after, Ryan, is we're, we're trying to get people to, to think a little bit differently about money and make sure that it works hard for you so that you're not just working hard for your money.
0: So head over to holistic-finance.com and there's a spot for you to either answer that question. And I would actually love for some responses to this question. Like what of these five res- resonated or gave you pause into what you're currently doing or maybe had you think slightly different about what you're doing. That's the whole point of this of this episode. So as always, we hope this episode brought value, valuable, value to you, if I can speak. Mr. Collins,
1: make a great day.
2: Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax legal or accounting advice. Consult your tax legal or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity, please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities LLC, OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201. Phone number 503-221-1226. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives at the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, Air Insurance License number 15319412. CA Insurance License Number 0K24924, Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License Number 7264699, CA Insurance License Number 0H24806, Pinpoint Number 2023153120, Expiration March 2025.